1: Welcome we everyone to, to, to Wednesday Wargames episode listen number fifty-eight, better known the as the finale. The I'm Garrett Kidney. I'm joined by my always co-host Liam Jones. Liam, we've made it. We've reviewed every episode of HW wow. and NXT through the entire Wednesday night wars.
2: Wait, Garrett, we have to get off of this cruise ship first. That was the bit that we ended on, remember? That we got on a ship and we went away and there was no internet.
1: We were actually the reason the podcast was delayed was we were we actually got in the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah, it was actually us. We did it. So that that's the reason uh, you haven't had a podcast for when did we stop doing it? Started December, like 4 months. God, it's been 4 months.
2: All right, time to catch up on all of the wrestling news, all right.
1: All right hook. We've had way oh, more okay. hooks since it, like hook would have been a big feature of this podcast had it not yeah. been for our, our suddenly unexplained hi- hiatus. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> that's what they took from you guys they took hook bits
1: yeah we could have we, there would have been like days and months of hook bits we would have been obsessed with hook we would have been analysing his fits as the young kids call them mm. he is he is a master he he won the won the Wednesday Night Wars by himself he defeated all of the world wrestling entertainment without even wrestling hook is too powerful what can I say I'm hooked <laughs> let's see what you said there hook gang for life
2: Hook a gang of four-life. Um, Will Ospreay. <laughs> uh,
1: let's... No. Uh, there was the whole Kenta stuff. Remember that? Remember Kenta? Nah. I haven't watched a single episode of NXT, except last or Wednesday nights. Between I watched the... them all. <laughs> oh, what happened? You can catch me up on everything that's happened uh, on NXT. Adam Cole kicked Kyle O'Reilly in the face. Mm-hmm.
2: And then uh, Kyle was like, I'm gonna beat you up. Good for him carrion cross wears a skirt now uh,
1: I, I actually i only uh, of night two i've only watched half of the main event so i, I didn't even watch both nights at all
2: that's why i'm
1: <laughs> this is why our podcast is ending because we cannot reliably watch wrestling shows
2: <laughs> why would you want to watch wrestling shows am i right <laughs>
1: Very good point. Wrestling mm. shows, you know, that's the re- that's obviously the reason we went on hiatus. Uh, th- we're already off the rails. This is this is our <laughs> podcast. Okay, quick, uh,
2: uh, back on the road. Uh, Prince Philip.
1: <laughs> yes, he's died. That's the thing that happened. Ninety nine. Actually, no. Speaking of ninety nine, the most important ninety nine related thing this week, Pac Man ninety nine came out to, wow. to pivot quickly into Wednesday War games. Uh, uh, great game i've won it twice twice in a row in fact i beat 196 pac-man players in a row, Liam. i think that makes me the king of pac-man i've won it three times in a row i am the true arcade anarchy Ah, oh, there we go oh that happened that was fun Yeah, we're tying it all together. We're we're bringing all our our things together. So the Wednesday Night Um, Wars is is over. Joshi happened, Garrett. No, get out of here with your Joshi nonsense. All Liam does now is send me Joshi gifts. And I'm like, that's a nice Joshi gift, Liam. And I feign interest because I'm a nice guy and Liam never feigns interest in things I send him.
2: I sent you a Billy
1: Stark's gift as well. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, the Wednesday Night Wars is over. NXT is moving to Tuesdays. We did it. AEW has officially won. Even though NXT fans get really mad about the idea of saying AEW has officially won, but AEW won. AEW are still um, on Wednesdays. NXT was never a
2: walk. Uh, it was
1: like, no, it wasn't, because like in terms of, I think it's like fifty something of the seventy six weeks that they actually went head to head uh and EW1 uh, total viewers and i think it's 75 out of 76 they won the demo the only one they didn't was that big um Finn Balor against Adam Cole Rhea Ripley against <laughs> they, w-
2: they won the demo
1: this week against the takeover <laughs> and legitimately a full not the fake takeovers they've been doing an actual takeover with mm. like takeover matches including one of the best matches in nxt in a very long time i'm not sure how much we're going to cover this week's episodes so i think i think we'll we'll touch on them but i think we'll talk more broadly about the the wednesday night wars as a cultural phenomenon liam mm. uh, as, as we wrap up our wonderful podcast and how
2: it brought the best out in everybody and including we had nothing us but podcasters. quality shows
1: we have only done good bits. We only already yep. done Mel's and snakes in the backs and the the, the hook bits snakes that would happen. Snakes in the back. And Arthur theme song is and we're in the finale now, Liam. So you do have to do the John Moxley impression.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sick, so perhaps that will assist in that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you want it now?
1: <laughs> do you want? Do you want to save it till the end? Will we use it as a as a, pardon the pun, hook to keep people ah. listening through to the to end of honest, the podcast? I
2: I don't think it's gonna be that good. <laughs>
1: So it's a, You see, you didn't think we'd be doing a finale, so you didn't continue practicing your John Moxley impression.
2: No, I, yes, continue practicing.
1: Yes. Uh, you do it every so day. Every day he looks in the mirror, it's like, "John Moxley. To be Moxley. fair, <laughs> I do
2: do it a remarkable amount of time. It's just not good.
1: <laughs> mm. mm. Uh, here we go. <laughs> really building up to this. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to leave the awkward silences in. I'm probably going <laughs> to hate awkward <laughs> silences, no, but I, still. I,
2: I was finding a quote... <laughs>
1: Oh, one of John Moxley's famous sayings.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could already sense Liam's deep discomfort at having to do this. I I just gotta like swivel the head around a bit.
2: If only I had cigarettes. (laughs) Oh no, I can't do it. I'm too, I'm too perturbed. He's so self-conscious now. Look what I've done to him. That was quick. Be doing any Kingston, uh,
1: brother? I am your friend. I'll jump on your corpse while you're exploding, brother. <laughs> That's That's... Pretty... <laughs>
2: Listen here, brother. I got like I had Dean there for a second. Listen here, brother. I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant, brother. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are, brother.
1: I never knew John Moxley sounded so Australian. <laughs> and
2: also, was me too. Uh, see, That's you
1: awesome. put me on the spot, and made me do a Kingston, and I had no problem doing that. Yeah, he's just gonna say partner. Yeah. Listen here,
2: partner. partner. I swear on my mother's beautiful eyes. Uh, all
1: right, so it's over. It's, it's, it's the war's over. How do you feel, Liam? Now that the war is over, what is your your base reaction to the end of the the Monday Night Wars, <laughs> Wednesday uh, Night Wars? <laughs>
2: Well, my base reaction to the end of the Monday Night Wars is... um,
1: TNA got its ass
2: kicked. (laughs) Get on, nerd. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd say I'd be more disappointed if it was that interesting. (laughs) You know, like, I feel like very quickly it wasn't much of an actual competition and then kind of lost its luster. And, like, you know, I think a lot of the things that people enjoyed about the original Monday Night Wars was that it had a lot of, Jumps back and forth and such, and we really only got that on one side. So, and it wasn't really NXT, you know. I, I, I guess it always just kind of felt like uh, NXT was just the surrogate, like, force going in there and fighting this fight, and it never felt like the big dogs were coming out. So, it wasn't really that impactful <laughs> in the long run.
1: And yeah, like, let's face it, this was never intended to be a war. This was always intended to be, let's put NXT head-to-head with AEW and dent their audience a little and maybe uh, just hamper the momentum and stop them from launching and taking over the world. Like, that was the intent of this. No one thinks otherwise, and anyone thinks otherwise is crazy. Yeah, it's like, the, the war was there, but the war was the whole company. It wasn't the show. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the purpose of NXT going head-to-head with Dynamite was to, to, to just, just eke away some of their audience. So, in that regard, they were successful, and, like, realistically, at this stage, are they still. Actually, no, they are still probably doing damage these days because freaking NXT are doing not monster ratings, but considerably better ratings than they were doing based off the split of the, the Undisputed yeah, Era, like, which they should going have done much earlier. Triple H is like, if I only had another month. <laughs> but, like,
2: I don't know, man. It's not that. It never, it never hit the expectations that I think people wanted from it.
1: I think it did for, like, two months. There was, like, two months, like, you know, October, November, December, where they really were, like, going punch for punch. Fair enough, AEW nearly always won.
2: And then they got rid of Angel Gaza. so, you know.
1: That's true. The, the, the direct decline of NXT ties to the, the, the move of Angel Garza to the main roster. But, like... After, like, and obviously the pandemic hit and, like, the whole dynamic of this whole thing changed, where it's oh, less... wrestling started to suck. <laughs> no, it's not even that, but it's it was less that the, these two shows were trying to go head-to-head and take each other on than these two shows are just trying to make it work in the yeah. most bizarre of circumstances. Like, it, the whole idea that these shows were head-to-head between each other kind of became irrelevant to by march 2020 and it just kind of became two shows that happened to air at the same time as they dealt with the extraordinarily weirdness of a global pandemic and still producing wrestling during that
2: i was gonna say i think the only thing that they really accomplished is that they created like this really annoying division (laughs) between fans yeah more so than like nothing that's like in a tangible way but purely in like I have to rep my team kind of way and it's it's so annoying it's just like just like both shows
1: (laughs) like the problem is WWE have been the dominant force in wrestling for pretty much the entirety of like social media being a major mainstream thing which is basically like the last five years so like tna had already declined by then because if tna was as big as it was in 2010 in 2018 we'd have that all over the place there'd be tna and WWE fans shouting each other all the time but like by the time social media became this big pervasive thing through the the what do we call the decade the (laughs) naughties the tens (laughs)
2: it's the tens the the naughties is the 2000s
1: in the tens um W was dominant. So, like, when you got AEW coming in as the first, like, meaningful major national company in the social media era all you're going to get is the noise. All you're going to get is the gotten two WWE fans who are mad and acting just like, if you go back and look at the, like, the TNA Mecca people in 2013, 2014 when TNA was falling into free fall, the behavior is the exact same. It's actually uncanny. But like that's all you get. You just get the noise. You just get the people shouting at each other about how uh, NXT's in the mud and AEW's the best or how AEW's only a t-shirt company. They can't crack a million. The same like four jokes every time Repeated ad nauseam.
2: Like, 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 75% of this discussion is all in bad faith anyway. No one's making real arguments here. They're all just going for the latest dunk that they can hit on the other person.
1: Except us, of course, Liam. The, the true arbiters of good taste in the Wednesday Night Wars.
2: Well, we're the real analysts, you know. We come in here, we break it down segment by segment. We come in with objective and unbiased point of views. All of these... Dopes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming in here. They're one. Of, they're telling us one time that we we hate AEW. And we need to find a new hobby, and then on we're too hard on NXT
1: i love that i love that like uh, when we uh, at the the end of the wednesday night wars was announced and uh, quoted being like we're gonna i think rich tweeted that wednesday War Games is over i guess someone replied it's like oh those people hated aew or is like the average twitter person who comes across my feed is like oh you're just a wwe hater it's like i can't be both (laughs) Mm. Well, that's the thing. It's it,
2: it's people listening for like 10 minutes and then making a decision about the entire thing.
1: Because there's episodes over the 75 weeks that these shows went head-to-head to head to head and 80 episodes of Dynamite so far that were not particularly good. And there's episodes of Dynamite that have been exceptionally good, like top-notch, best-of-all-time level television. And it depends what episodes you happen to listen to, buddy.
2: Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like we're not... Sold onto one thing or another, and that we can have a viewpoint that evolves with the things that we're being shown.
1: See, that's, that's always the thing with the Dave Meltzer people. It's like Dave Meltzer is biased toward AEW. And the same people would have said five years ago, Dave Meltzer is biased toward New Japan. And the same people would have said in the 90s that Dave Meltzer is biased toward the WWF over the WCW. And the same people in the early 90s or late 80s would have said Dave Meltzer is biased toward WCW. Maybe he's just biased towards what's good, guys. I think, I think the common denominator there is he leans toward things that are good and doesn't like things that are bad.
2: That's that's an insane concept.
1: No, we're all just acting in like the the most bizarre thing. This is obviously this this podcast about the end of the Wednesday night wars is going to turn into a rant about people on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but the most bizarre <laughs> thing is like this came from predominantly the 90s in which Sega marketed that console war as, like, a marketing gimmick. That you support yeah. a brand like you support sports, and you no matter whether they give you enjoyment or whether they give you, uh, like like, terrible, horrible products, you will stand them and root for them regardless. And, like, brands are there to sell you things, and if you don't enjoy them, you should not support them. And you should not, like, warp your brain into convincing yourself you're enjoying them. It's like, just move on.
2: It's like these insane people who who you see going you should just go to the wrestling shows and enjoy the show and just sit there and just on your hands and just boo the people they tell you to boo and cheer the people they tell you to cheer and then if it's and if it's bad just now that's fine that's the show you paid to go see.
1: And not, not, not even if it's bad. It's like, if it's bad, you should support it and cheer for them and make the show better because, you know, it's it's actually funny to it's go back your to your
2: responsibility.
1: Yeah, going back to the TNA example, in 2010 TNA, when Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan came in, there was this very famous incident at the start. We want
2: six sides.
1: After that show, when Hulk Hogan got roundly booed out of the building for changing the ring, they had one of the directors of production go out in front of the audience and say, you guys, you're cast members. And... <laughs> It was roundly ridiculed at the time, and rightfully so, because the idea of telling the audience their cast members is ridiculous and stupid. It also gives them sway,
2: because you know, you're just saying that your cast member's like, you're a part of it now. Yeah, pay me if I'm a cast member. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: uh but like that was roundly ridicule and then you, know, you see people being like oh fans shouldn't take over shows it's like if fans are taking over shows that means the show is not engaging them and the show is boring and to quote chris hero on a recent um one of his podcasts with conrad
2: chris hero saves pro wrestling or something.
1: <laughs> there is no such thing as ba- uh, a bad crowd just bad wrestlers and he goes into it much more eloquently than i ever could um Yeah, so people are the worst. Stop rooting for brands the same way you root for sports teams. Stop it. It's not healthy. Don't do it.
2: And also, don't root for wrestlers in the same way. Like, they're going to disappoint you at points. You can't... Don't put all your eggs in the wrestler's basket. Don't... And also, like... I know this is kind of a tired point, but like they're not your friends. You know what I mean? No, it's they're like, selling
1: you something. They're always selling you something.
2: Yeah, like they're a the much more condensed version, but it's a personal brand. You shouldn't attach yourself to a brand that's, you know, Coca Cola, and you shouldn't attach yourself to a, that's a brand. Of, I don't know. I don't want to say wrestling because that feels like I am pointing them out, but
1: you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And like, I take it from me, who spent most of the the, the tens reviewing TNA wrestling. And rooting for TNA Wrestling, and I will hopefully admit to rooting for TNA Wrestling, but read any of my Impact reviews. I reviewed Impact every week from, I think, the start of 2012 through the end of 2017. So that's five years every week reviewing that show. Go back and read them. If if that show was bad, I buried the living hell out of it. Because I didn't want TNA to go away. I didn't want TNA to be a bad thing that, that, you know, drives away all of its audience and eventually reaches the stage where it's just uh, either gone or irrelevant And and you're trying to hold it to a standard Exactly. Like, if you don't want these things to go away, if you want people to actually like them, you should hold them to account. You should be like, be better. Otherwise, this thing is going to slowly decline in popularity until nobody cares anymore. And if you're if you're not the person and there'll be people like maybe if you didn't criticize it, it wouldn't have went away. It's like, nope, it went away because it was bad. (laughs) And like Mm. it declined on a staggering level from the Spike days to the Destination America days because it was bad. Not because I said it was bad. I am just responding to the thing that's on the screen. So if something is bad, call it bad. And the same thing if you go back and listen to this podcast, uh, there's plenty of instances of me calling AEW things bad. There's plenty of instances of me calling things that were universally liked AEW <laughs> things bad. Well, you were wrong, to be fair. I am, to be fair, I am usually wrong. Yeah. Ah, oh, just... wow. You <laughs> broke your own gimmick. It's the it's the end of the we have to break kayfabe for the end of the, end of the podcast. Okay, guys, uh, I'm breaking
2: kayfabe. Garrett is sometimes wrong. I, however, am still never wrong.
1: Yeah, that's fair. So, so yeah, this this realistically, that is the defining feature of the Wednesday Night War, is the toxic fandom.
2: Yeah, like that's honestly like my biggest takeaway from it is that you know, but. I think it's you know it's a social media thing. It's not just a wrestling thing in general, but the association and the aligning your your entire personality with a brand and and aligning your entire identity with a brand is an incredibly unhealthy thing that is becoming increasingly prevalent in our mm-hmm. social media age, and it's. And it's a real toxic kind of fan base. And they, when they, people say toxic fan bases, that's what they mean. They mean these people who are going out there on Twitter and they're putting their entire identity on these things. It's what we're seeing with the Snyderverse stuff. It's what we're uh, seeing with... Actually, um, it's sort of, really half on the Snyderverse stuff. It's what we're seeing with them going and trying to sabotage other movies. Like thing, that's, that's some straight up like NXT AEW shit right there.
1: Not even other. It's not even like sabotage the Marvel movies. It's like let's sabotage no. Godzilla versus Kong out of spite for Warner Brothers. Ugh. Uh and I like I get it. Like everyone's looking for their place in the world. Everyone's looking for the group of people that accepts them. Everyone is looking for you know uh, their their own personal sense of identity and personality. And and it's very easy to be like, all right, I'm the Snyderverse guy. You know that that's it, there's a lot of maybe people... aim higher though. Yeah, ideally but but there's a lot of people and they'll accept you and if you parrot their talking points you'll have friends and I get that I get where that comes from uh, as we all search for friends in, especially in this lonely digital world we lived in for the last well, here we uh, go. 12 months uh, Digimon is a lie the idea of living in a digital world sounded great when watching Digimon and now that we've basically done it for a year bad idea digital world no thumbs down Digimon
2: <laughs> thumbs down Digimon see I'm a Pokemon guy <laughs> brand loyalty
1: uh, I've actually I've, I've been toying with the idea of rewatching Digimon Tamers this week because it's the best season of Digimon how
2: about Digimon Tri
1: um, I've I've watched I think three or four of them I don't even know how many of them there are I bought all the blu-rays though it's really pretty it is it's very nice looking
2: which is this is what people are here for they're here for our like Digimon Tri breakdown
1: yeah, no one's here for the wrestling, realistically. no one, Everyone was always here for the bits or Wednesday War Games, which we covered, Pac-Man 99 Game of the Year.
2: Uh, Sony not going to E3. Uh,
1: Sony not developing small games anymore, and apparently everyone is leaving the company because of it.
2: <laughs> Sony uh, not understanding backwards compatibility's
1: purpose. Sony making a Last of Us remake despite having a remaster on last gen and the game is only 8 years old.
2: Sony uh you know Sony
1: there's already a 4K 60 frames version of The Last of Us out there and they're like no, we got to remaster it. We got to remake it. <laughs> what dumb morons. It's mostly so they can just sell it again and little Yeah, money. but
2: like it's going to look the exact same. <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, it's marginally more pretty, Liam. What more could you want? Different game. All right, let's kind of talk about these wrestling shows. Do you have any takes about Dynamite? I thought it was a, a fine show. Down, like I thought, the last stretch of like three or four weeks was one of like the best runs of television. It, especially given again the circumstances we live in, that they're they're producing home run television for the last few weeks has been great. This week was fine. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you, contrarian Liam Jones pops in again.
2: I'm a notorious mark for. A- the elite and their inner turmoil so obviously the main event was tailored directly to me
1: you do love your your elite melodrama
2: i do i do. it scratches that dumb itch in my brain and when you know I, I like that whole last segment a lot which is something that apparently not a lot of other people did which is i get why you wouldn't like it but you know i also liked it for the year and a half they did it in new japan when a lot of people didn't like
1: it so you are if nothing else consistent Mm, it's true. Um,
2: Everything else, like the Mike Tyson stuff was like whatever, but like uh, the Jericho promo was pretty good, a little bit long. Uh, what else happened on the show?
1: The Tyson stuff was much better than the last time Tyson was on the yeah. show. Yeah. Much more succinct. Great Tyson
2: from his, uh, his group
1: just, yeah, just, this is what you do with Mike Tyson you, he comes out he punches some people that's the clip that gets shared the next day and that is the clip that got shared the next day so like that's all you that's what you're looking for and that's what they did do need to complicate it stuff. I like seeing the bunny on the show fan of Ali I'm sure Darby Allen good
2: I have big Dobbs and J.D. Drake was fun
1: have you watched the um, monkey versus dinosaur movie yet I have not I have no way of watching it really <laughs> god damn it
2: so... we don't have HBO Max here it's so, a theater's there. Yeah, but like money and theaters, you know.
1: It's like the best way that that's a theater film if ever there was a cinema film, and you have you have to you have to go see it.
2: But family reunion. What's is that? what the TV thing? Is
1: I, I think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, been watching that.
2: <laughs> should we do a recap of what we've been doing in the last few months? I feel like we like we should fill in a gap.
1: Let's do TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1 first. <laughs> okay,
2: did you... Uh, I watched Night 2, but...
1: I only watched the second half of the main event, which I kind of hated, because the same, they do the same thing with those NXT main events, and I hate it every time, in that they do the, like, super war of attrition we're exhausted match. So that's like, it's a spot and then three minutes of nothing and a spot and then three minutes of nothing. And it just feels so slow. If they did that same match in 20 minutes instead of 40, literally the exact same content, just sped everything up. It would be like a legit match of the year contender, but otherwise they just like dragged everything out for every last second. They could get out of it and it sucks. Mm.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think a 40 minute, NXT main event fills up time as well as a 40 minute New Japan main event.
1: No, because like New Japan, the the first 20 minutes will be boring, but the last 20 minutes will be bonkers.
2: That's what what for me, what separates like a good New Japan main event from a great New Japan main event. Like a good New Japan main event will do that boring first 20 minutes, but like a great old timer one, that's when I'm like invested in that first 20. Mm. Like when um, Kenny and Okada the first time. Like, that first 20, it was, like, objectively it was slow and it was a New Japan epic, but, like, the whole time I'm just like, yes, let's go, what's going on?
1: Yeah, as opposed to NXT, which the match just gets slower as it progresses and less interesting, and they're just marching toward a finish, and it's like, just do cool shit, that's all I want out of you, Adam Cole that's all I want out of you, Kyle O'Reilly just do cool stuff Let's get out of here with this. So, and like, I I literally came down from uh, finishing watching Impact, of course, and started. Like, when the first thing I saw when I turned, when my brother was watching it, so I joined him watching it. The first thing I saw was Kyle O'Reilly not wanting to brainbuster Adam Cole on the steps because he was too violent. I'm like, just fuck off. I'm sick of that. Just beat each other up. Just hate each other and beat each other up. Get out of here with this, like, like scared of hurting each other nonsense.
2: Not clear, clearly biting off Matt Jackson's uh, tremendous portrayal on Dynamite the
1: day before. Inspired by Matt Jackson as always.
2: <laughs> if there's one thing that I think of Kyler Riley, it is uh, inspired by Matt Jackson.
1: And nobody, actually, Davey Richards once did a finish in TNA where he wrapped a chain around his foot and kicked somebody in the head. So. Always inspired by Davy. Can't get away from the Dior and Red Dragon. Mm. Kyle had good gear, though. I will give him that. Mm. As as for Night 1, I thought Walter and Tommaso Champa was great. Like, great. Properly great. Like, this is Walter, where he's just mauling people. Maybe a small bit too long. I think they could have, like, went home maybe two or three minutes earlier. But, God, Walter mauling people. I've missed Walter so much. It's a shame he's semi-retired, because... He's still the best wrestler in the world.
2: I, I also like the Champa Walter match was my favorite match out of the three shows. It was a touch below like a match of the year candidate for me, and I think that's because of the story they were trying to tell with Champa. I kind of had a problem with the commentary just screaming at me that it's like this is 2018 Champa, this is like oh this is Saga Killer, and not really having Champa express that in the match. It's like show, don't tell.
1: Yeah, that, like the that's not the story of the match either, though. The story of the match was that Walter was killing him, then chopped a table. Then Champa saw the weakness and went after the hand, weakening Walter's offense. So it's like it's not even like Walter is or Champa is going toe to toe with Champa. He's really bringing it. It's like he's fighting from underneath and being really smart about how he's trying to take down Walter.
2: But he's also he's not being vicious. He's not like if if Champa had a come, gone out there and had of like cheated but you know how you can get like a face who cheats and you still cheer them because you're like ah look at him doing that thing you know what I mean like that's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing Chabas should should have been doing that thing where he did to Jake Atlas where he uh took the slingshot into the thing and that should have been like a big spot on Walter he should have been going for weapons behind their ass back he should have been doing everything he could have and then that's showing me like oh he's going back to that 2018 chapter and he's trying to bring that viciousness but it was just like a dude trying to survive for most of it
1: which is actually, I I prefer the match they did as opposed to the one you just outlined. But you're right in that, like, there's this weird divide between the the story the commentators are telling and the story the match is telling. Mm, which is
2: like, but why are you trying? To, why? You thinking, but that was the whole story in general. <laughs> like, if like, the story of the match didn't fit the story of the the feud in quotation marks.
1: Yeah, but it was a better match for it, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, I
2: guess. But then, fucking, like, don't tell that story. <laughs>
1: God, Walter's so good. It's still annoy I-, I like the way they're like, Walter is still undefeated in singles contests after he got knocked out of that frickin' Survivor Series match in three minutes.
2: <laughs> you might as well just say just he's undefeated. Like, don't even acknowledge the
1: No, because they can't do that. That would annoy me even more, because that's typical of them trying to have the cake and eat it, being like, Walter is undefeated, except that time we literally squashed him because we're stupid. <laughs> oh Walter. Uh I thought the main event wasn't great. I didn't think Raquel looked like the level of the person that should be beating Io Shirai, but
2: yeah, we stopped doing the show before, like just before Raquel and um, Rhea had a, a fantastic, like very NXT style, you know, weapons match, but a match that I really, really enjoyed, and I thought they, uh, they that Raquel came out of that looking like a star, and then um, we come back to this match, and I was like, oh, just kind of a match where I thought like Io's the biggest star in the world, <laughs> but Raquel was just like kind of there.
1: Because like, Io e- 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 has been so good for so long, a year now, as champion basically, that she's like stood head and shoulders above everybody in a way that's like, there's EO and there is everybody else, and that is very clear. So the person that beat Io, e- I think, really had to rise to Io's e- level, and that was not Raquel in this match.
2: Probably should have been Dakota, or they probably should have just saved it for Sairee.
1: Mm. Uh, we had MSK, the former Rascals, debuting on NXT in the period in which we weren't watching, and now they're tag champs.
2: They had cool X Pac gear. Um, I don't know, man. Like I've, MSK winning, it's cool, but like it seems a bit rushed. Probably, like I, I think probably you know, grizzled young veterans.
1: Are MSK still PWG tag champs? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, uh, they are. They are currently still officially. NXT Tag Team Champions. They're the first team, Liam, to ever hold the NXT and PWG Tag Team titles simultaneously.
2: (laughs) Does PWG ever come back?
1: I think so. I think think indie wrestling badly needs it because indie wrestling currently has no stars. And there's people like Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia who would probably become stars with PWG exposure. And without it, they have nowhere to break through. So I hope Mm. it comes back.
2: There's a, one thing that I am seeing from actually delving into the US indies a little more, there is a lot of guys there. They just need the right hands to mold them, I feel.
1: And that's the problem, because like the the PWG carried the weight of the entire indie scene, basically since the death of Dragon Gate USA, <laughs> I don't
2: know. Well, e- well, even during that time, like 2011-ish, you know, shit started to really pop off for them
1: because like it was always the case that pwg would make the stars and then everyone else would book their indie dream matches around how who pwg was booking like that's that's the way the indies basically worked
2: Trevor lee super smash bros mike bailey like all these guys like they were they just came in there got over and then people started booking them out
1: everywhere else even like the lucha bros probably didn't entirely break out everywhere else until pwg even though they should have based on lucha Lucha underground tommy and saber yeah, all these like PWG was a star, man, and it's not even how they used them. It's just the fact that you made PWG exposed you Yeah, it exposed you to an audience of like more casual indie fans who would then go and support you elsewhere. And there was an ecosystem that I guess worked, but pulley PWG out of it, and boy, do the indies suffer. And GCW looked like it might rise to that level, but very clearly hasn't. I think they veered off very quickly.
2: Mm. I'm like Beyond's kind of taken that role a little bit. But not quite to the same quality output,
1: and they just don't have the they don't have the reach. They don't have the, They don't reach that group of like trendy hardcore fans that PWG did.
2: Well, so let's hope that PWG returns sooner rather than later uh, with a DDT Four probably to crown new tag champs.
1: <laughs> no, Dez and Wentz will return. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I hope. I hope the NXT tag champs go and work AEW's NXT.
1: Sure, that makes sense. Hey, AEW's <laughs> NXT is the Nightmare Factory. <laughs> um, what else was on the show? Gauntlet match, that was fine. And Pete Dunne and Kushida, which was a fun match, but nothing special. Yeah,
2: I liked Dunne and Kushida. Yeah, I would have been like, it's a nice little
1: um, three and a half star match. It's... I do wish that Kushida would go home. Uh, he, and he's he's been stuck in the mid-card uh, two-week push division for so long now. And I'm so sad, because he's so good. And, like, it's the same with Bronson Reed, who won the gauntlet and lost the Gargano. It's like, Bronson Reed is not allowed to win two matches in a row, so he beat Eli Drake, who's lost most of his matches since debuting in NXT for some reason, and then he moves on to the title match to lose the Gargano, because he cannot win two weeks in a row.
2: Actually, I liked Eli Drake in this gauntlet.
1: <laughs> I, like, Eli, like, they should put Eli in the main roster. He's He's, like, perfect for what they look for.
2: I just, like... His
1: promos are not for me, but
2: um, I, I enjoy his... I actually enjoyed his in-ring stuff in this gauntlet.
1: He he has always been a better worker than anybody gives him credit for. He's a guy... He'll never give you a five-star match. Don't get me wrong. He'll never be a guy that, like, that's a true match of the year candidate. But he can deliver a good four-star match. Like, he can deliver a good, very good pro wrestling match when really called upon it. Like, uh, his Bound for Glory made it against uh, John Morrison, Johnny Impact. Very good before Alberto El Patron sadly got involved.
2: Like, fair play to... NXT for its biggest contribution in taking TNA guys that I didn't give a shit about and making them somewhat interesting.
1: Dexter Loomis. Well, Robbie E hasn't been on the show in ages. What's he up to?
2: <sighs> Malcolm
1: Bivens. He should feud with Malcolm Bivens as the true no, I'm, manager. I'm just, it <X2> <laughs> just,
2: you just reminded me of how sad I am that Malcolm Bivens is in on TV every week.
1: Which is one of the defining conversations that we talk about the wrap-up of the Wednesday Night Wars, that they have talent like Ma- Ma- Malcolm Bivens sitting there doing absolutely nothing.
2: I was going to say, that's actually a thing in, in general. is like That's another a good takeaway and comparison point between the two companies. Is like, both companies have a gigantic war chest mm-hmm. and one company, through the use of the most confusing thing in the world, apparently teammates, <laughs> has managed to find ways of getting everyone on TV and represented at least in a small way, whereas one is just like, all right, we're going to forget about you for three months
1: now. Velveteen Dream will disappear for months at a time, though maybe for very different reasons. say oh, that one's fine. <laughs> but yeah, when you look at like uh, Lee Johnson, I think is a great example of the benefits of stables. Where he's a guy, who's a lower card guy who always loses. Who had a very good moment on Dynamite while we weren't reviewing the show, because he was in a stable and he was exposed to to a larger audience, and they gave him a little bit of a rub, and then he won a match on Dynamite, and it felt like a moment. Even though hmm. this guy is a lower car guy who never won and always lost and had usually good showings, but was never like, you know, he never had the defining losses that you're like, you're supposed to like this guy more because he lost. But when hmm. he won, it felt like a little moment. And that's how you use stables well. And people, as you said, are apparently dressed. It's not people. It's WWE fans arguing in bad faith. So
2: I was going to say, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not even the, the annoying bit about that is it's not even them arguing for the sakes. They're arguing for this mythical casual fan oh. <laughs> that doesn't exist
1: ah, you're going to get me started on the casual fan rant. When you look at the audience of all of these wrestling shows, whether it's Raw or SmackDown or uh, NXT or AEW, you will see that all of them basically operate within a range of viewership, most of which is like plus or minus 10%, maybe 20%. And like the idea that there are these casual fans, these wrestling fans that are, you know, sitting around the water cooler waiting to talk about what happened on Raw last night. Oh, did you see what happened with The Fiend and The Fiend S last night? Oh, Mike Tyson, it's like... That's not real, those people don't exist. The idea that mm-hmm. casual fans like watched in, in the 90s for anything other than big stars like Hulk Hogan and Goldberg and The Rock and Steve Austin is absolute nonsense. They, they watched because the show had stars and the show was good. They didn't watch because the show was catered to people with the attention span of a goldfish or constantly had celebrity appearances. Mm. This idea, this this casual, and like, the it's always thrown up as this straw man. It's like casual fans won't like that casual fans and hardcore fans are the exact same in that, like, good stories, meaningful stakes, good wrestling and good payoffs appeal to absolutely everybody. Regardless of who it is or or where you go, that's what's good. That's what people watch Game of Thrones for. That's what people were disappointed in Game of Thrones in the end for. That's what people watch Marvel movies for. That's what people watch MMA for. That's what people watch pro wrestling for. And it's bizarre because, like, Conor McGregor is a huge star, but no one is like, no one wants to see Conor McGregor fight. He should cut promos for 15 minutes in the cage at the start of a UFC show. That would be an utterly bizarre bizarre take because people watch UFC to see charismatic stars fight in the same way people watch pro wrestling to see charismatic stars fight or, well, fake fight. And... It it so annoys me when people prop up this mythical idea of the casual fan for why you should make wrestling less like wrestling. Because if you want good drama or good comedy, go watch The Wire, go watch Parks and Recreation. You'll get much better drama and much better comedy than wrestling will ever give you. Why do you watch wrestling for something other than wrestling? I will find it bizarre.
2: Well, it's like wrestling isn't even a, a medium that is conducive to telling these long like those kind of stories. You know what I mean? Like wrestling is a very specific thing that tells its very specific stories really well when done well. But when you start to deviate out of that, which you can do in small doses, but you can't allocate the entire show to it. Like, So what do you want? You want every... You want every segment of a wrestling show just to be backstage promos to f- progress a story? Because that's how a, that's how that show would work.
1: And it never builds the wrestling matches. Liam. God forbid, if they built the wrestling matches, <laughs> they just they just built to nothing. They just built to other people talking to each other constantly. Yeah, and, and like that is not to say that you can't tell story. Like you can't do a final deletion every now and again as something different and unique and novel. But well, it and needs new. to be niche. Yeah, but you can't turn wrestling into that because then you're just doing a bad version of something else.
2: Mm. And I think that's the reason a final deletion works for me, and the reason why a um, Firefly Funhouse doesn't, because the deletion is poking fun. It's it's having fun with wrestling, the medium of wrestling, and Firefly Funhouse was trying to be something, and failing at it. In just for me, because I you know I like good stories but you know for, for for me personally it's like it tries to achieve something and it's like this is not within the realm of wrestling and it doesn't succeed it's just a weird youtube skit yeah
1: and it's nearly like uniformly that kind of stuff that is silly and like like self-deprecating and, and in on the joke is nearly always better than the stuff that is very self serious. like when the fiend is set on fire and comes back from life like like if that was played to be like schlocky and hokey and fun it would be so much more entertaining than it's played yeah. to be like super serious the fiend he's coming back from being burned
2: it's like there's like three levels to it right you have your complete parodies of it your final deletions right mm-hmm. and, and yes even your stamp uh, stadium stampedes i'd put that more in that right but then and then you have your ultra serious ones that don't work because they're trying to be art house films right your five five fun houses but then you have this little middle ground which i really enjoy which is just like essentially cinematically shot false count anywhere matches which is your you know um aj and Haker, your darby and sting versus team
1: taz even um arcade anarchy kind of falls into that category as
2: well oh I, I, i i i I differentiate Ar- Arcade Anarchy because it didn't have those like cinematic shots. That was more just like a plunder match. Mm-hmm. Which, which by the way, I appreciate because thank- if there's one thing I can appreciate about AEW is it's not the same four fucking gimmick matches on repeat every time. I'm so sick of ladder matches and tables matches and no DQ matches and no old hard matches and unsanctioned. Like, just, just have a Thought and try and think of a new setting to put these people in like I was thinking about this while watching uh, the ladder match with Devlin and Escobar I was like why can't we just construct a new thing for people to jump off why does it have to be a ladder every time now why can't we sit down and we think of a new fun environment for these people to work with and I think that the Capital Wrestling Centre is a perfect environment to try those kind of things because it's so inside you have control of the whole thing you could turn it into, like... A th- I, what I'm saying here is I basically want someone to make Ben Capital Wrestling Center into a parkour arena and let people go fucking nuts over it. Just think of new ideas.
1: What was the last, like, actually new WWE gimmick match? Not, like, including, like, stuff like the Boneyard match, which I think is a different category altogether. Just, like, a new, like, Hell in a Cell or a new TLC.
2: I wouldn't say it's a gimmick match, but I guess the closest thing with, like, the, the Gauntlet Eliminator was kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as, like, an actual pure gimmick match, um, the Ambrose Asylum.
1: Oh, gosh. Like, like, TNA did Ultimate X? That's
2: what I'm saying. Like, that's one thing I really appreciate about TNA, especially that it was firing all cylinders. It was innovating. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. You know, you had the X Division cage gimmick. And you had the Elevation X, but like they were trying new things. Yeah,
1: you had electrified steel cage, street there's uh, fish yeah. market street fights, of course. Well,
2: that's like that's the thing. It's like this fish market street fights, and then there's the arcade analogies. Like it's, there's, there's some things aren't gonna work. Some things will work
1: did you just say fish market street fight didn't work <laughs> how dare you that matches like actually good i said that purely
2: to get a pop from you
1: and you try to slip it under the radar and keep on talking as if i'd let you get by saying the fish market street fight isn't good <laughs> that match rules that matches like arcade anarchy but 13 years earlier
2: yeah it's the thing. It's, it's basically the exact same thing um but like AEW is doing this thing and like some of them you know aren't new you have your yeah, lights out matches, but like mm-hmm. they try to put a new spin on them at least. They make them their ultra violent uh, spectacles that they do.
1: And so, like, some of them, like, they're they're not all hits. They have the Mimosa Mayhem, which was a flaw. That's
2: what like I was going to say. They have the, the Mimosa Mayhem, which wasn't great. But then they also have the reinvention of the parking lot brawl, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just give me different environments for these people to work in. Like, we have so much wrestling available to us now. I think, rest as. I'm not going to say wrestling is the most popular; it is. Uh, it's been because that's objectively not true. But I'm just saying, but the amount of awareness that the average wrestling fan has of multiple wrestling companies is probably at the highest it's been in a long time. Because your average wrestling fan, like, knows WWE, probably knows AEW at this point, probably knows uh, TNA, but like, not as, probably knows it as TNA, but it's
1: in a nostalgic sense, yeah,
2: yeah, it's tangentially aware of it. Back. And a lot of them know of New Japan now. Like, they know that New Japan is this, it's like, oh, there's wrestling in Japan. They probably think it's old New Japan. And now more than ever, it feels like the casual wrestling fan, in big quotation marks, is the most aware of outside pro wrestling companies than they have ever been. so you need to innovate. You need to be different. Otherwise, you're just going to get swallowed up in these same things. Because, like, it's like, um, just for an example, right? We have the WrestleMania weekend shows. you know how many of them are essentially the same Deathmatch show or no ring show? All of them? Basically. <laughs> it's, it's like, if there was one doing that, then sure, it's going to stand out. But then, as soon as it gets popular somewhere, everyone starts to do it. Uh, Bloodsport becomes popular, and now you have three other ripoff promotions all doing shoot style.
1: Even, like, the GCW becomes popular and literally every become everybody becomes the meme party promotion. It's like, no, they became popular because they did that and it was different. Find your thing that they are doing and is different. You know what's, ca-
2: like, standing out again now?
1: Wrestling. Good wrestlers are starting <laughs> just to play. Like, wrestling.
2: <laughs> like, your you sub grabs, your IWTV shows, like, they're starting to, like, get popular again because people are like, we went through the stage of irony, ironic meme wrestling and now people are like, okay, let's go back to indie wrestling at some point. <laughs> I like how this went from uh, Wednesday War Games finale to state of the business address.
1: Well, you know, the the end of the Wednesday Night Wars is a change, a fundamental shift to the business. NXT and AEW will, will both, in theory, have larger audiences from now on. You know, Impact is moving to Thursday, so there's a show every goddamn day of the week now. You can't avoid you got, wrestling. got your
2: ring of honors out there.
1: And, and yeah, your New Japan Strongs, so, so even taking, like, there's just so much wrestling out there now, and hopefully people go find it like uh, and like hope, like that's the, thing. that's the thing stop producing the same parody of the 90s stop producing the same thing that's the in thing right now and like concoct your own identity and do something new and different something that nobody else is doing something that'll actually make you stand out in the field Party,
2: 2005 TNA
1: yeah go back to tunnels you go back to X Division it's not about weight limits Liam it's about no limits we well, got tunnels back their tunnels don't have ceilings they're not closed tunnels but
2: at least they did the tunnels, thank God.
1: And Christian has his TNA theme, which I'm fully on board. Yeah. Oh, we best. didn't even get to talk about Christian getting his best theme back. Yeah, it's so much nostalgia for him just coming out on TV in 2021 to that theme song.
2: But like,
1: there's a lot of good
2: things in wrestling again. But I'm firmly in the I want things to kick back up again. Because remember how exciting it was the first like few months of AEW when we had another company that was getting like arenas filled every week and it felt like there was something else going on and new japan wasn't you
1: know bad we're at least we're a couple, probably like a couple of months away from aw running buildings again so it, it's bizarre to think that we had what five months of shows in at buildings and then a whole year plus now of shows in Daly's place with a limited ground mm. but it's it's really still not, the, not same. the same and, like, that, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to now, in, like, th- that AEW has still produced shows the caliber that they produced, like, last week and the week before, I think, in particular, were really great episodes of television. And that they produced uh, t- episodes of TV of that caliber in this environment has me so excited for when they go back to producing episodes of that caliber with like 15,000 yeah. people. Well, maybe not 15, but five to 10,000 people there every week. And, you know, I think the vaccination program in the US is basically to the point where that will be the case by June, July, probably.
2: That's good that we're going gonna, gonna to feel like we're back to normal a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, we'll go back to real life and everything will be fine and normal. And uh, you won't get a vaccine until probably 2023, the way Australia's rolling it out. <laughs> and I'll probably get one in like September, October. So.
2: Right, we have no cases to catch.
1: Uh, yet.
2: You <laughs> it could, it could take that as a national threat then.
1: I know. That's a, the hostility from Ireland towards Australia. I don't I don't want to end it (laughs) I want to keep talking you don't want to bring the the Wednesday War Games to an official close Um, Mel hasn't been on shows in months it's very disappointing
2: Uh, I'm very worried that when these rumored AEW cuts come around that we may lose Mel Uh,
1: leave the Mel Marisa alone (laughs) melancholy yeah alright John Moxley oh no we did John Moxley god damn it I, I, I have the memory of a goldfish I have the memory of a WWE audience member (laughs) <laughs> hey, got whoa, him, go set go off, up quick let's
2: do our Wrestlemania breakdown
1: oh uh Wrestlemania it's actually a pretty good show if you just look at the matches but the build has been absolute dog shit so that's not I, I'm, I'm gonna watch the
2: shit out of these shows because there's 25,000 people that are allowed to make noise
1: yeah and like me and my brother always have traditions where we absolutely gorge ourselves on an unhealthy amount of rubbish while watching Wrestlemania and we will continue but like Sasha and Bianca good match Drew and Lashley great matches in TNA I have no reason to believe they won't have another a great match now. Uh, Cesaro and Rollins will be great. The triple threat will probably be very good. Oscar and Real will be very good. The Fiend against Orton will be a diabolical mess, but in a funny way. Say no ones. Uh, the Nigerian getting their big moment. Nigerian drum fight. Between I'm
2: excited for that. Like I, I, I'm, I'm excited for Big E to get his big thing, and for Apollo to like get a big singles match at Mania finally.
1: Uh, big E's gonna beat Apollo like a drum, Liam. <laughs> they'll really do anything to drum up interest in Wrestlemania Oof. I've really beaten this p- upon like a drum alright uh, we've lost it uh, uh, Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn with Logan Paul these two guys oh, just can't have their match can they? the stupid company
2: I mean I hope as long as they keep the Logan stuff to a binable
1: uh, which is like Mickey Rourke Wrestling 25 where he only does something after the match and lets Ricky Steamboat have his moment.
2: He should come in and like lay out saying after with a big...
1: Yeah, Bad Bunny, he's a thing. Shane McMahon against Strowman is a cage match which actually upsets <laughs> me because that means Shane won't jump off the stage which is the only thing I was expecting out of that match.
2: Hey, there's no guarantee.
1: <laughs> they should do some pre-match brawling. Seth Rowland. This, this is the yeah. official preview. Never mind the Voices of Wrestling three-part. So, like, s- screw one.
2: them. You know, they're claiming to be Australian now. That's like my whole thing.
1: <laughs> you had one thing and they took it from you. Yeah. That's,
2: that's, that's some bullshit.
1: That's all I got. <laughs> you could just good-eye, mate, all over the place. Good-eye, mate. So that's WrestleMania. I think if they just get out of the way and let them have good wrestling matches, it'll be a good show. And if they WWE it, it won't be a good show. So we'll see how it goes.
2: Do you think the crowd stays hot the entire show?
1: Oh, I'm so excited for when they turn on something. Legitimately, I can't wait. Because (laughs) the first thing that people are going to be like, uh, fans, why are they doing CM Punk chants? And I'm going to be like, you stupid idiots. (laughs) What else we got? Uh, Uh, What's coming up? Uh, Nothing is happening because pandemic, so... (laughs)
2: Uh, new japan uh, is doing very
1: well i have a ps5 i haven't turned it on in like three months since i have a pc oh you bought a fancy pc but this is you're still at home so you're both using a mediocre microphone and a mediocre pc because you hate hate our listeners for our finale liam
2: i destroyed my car on purpose
1: Mm -hmm. You ripped the doors off out of fury for the end of Wednesday War Games.
2: It was my uh, final gift to the fans to bring mediocre mediocre audio in their hour
1: of need. So that's Wednesday War Games, Sam. That is, what are we on? 58 episodes of audio goodness as we wrap up the Wednesday Night Wars, which has been... As you said, it's a, it was a very weird period of wrestling where there was a few months where it felt exciting, and then it kind of settled into a groove, and then the pandemic hit and it just kind of existed until NXT finally decided to move away. So like even as a war, it it was it's 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 a three month thing. And I legit, like I will go back, particularly the episodes of Dynamite, and rewatch those those early episodes of Dynamite, the first three months or five months really of the show before the pandemic. I've
2: actually started to do that a little bit already and it feels like such a different show mm,
1: i i don't i don't think there's enough distance for me for but like when, when by the time like maybe in another year or so when i like when aew is back to that and i don't really like because i think it'll just make me sad to be like oh it, god it did a little bit bit. this reaction
2: well because you know what i watched i watched yeah. nick jackson versus ray phoenix
1: oh that match was so good
2: and i was like that's just the crowd going nuts because like, at that point, like Phoenix had been a part of the show, but he hadn't really had that singles focus. Mm. So it's like people were really seeing what Phoenix could do for like the first time. and it was like, ah, oh, it's just so interesting. And I actually I think in retrospect, I'm gonna think I'm gonna I'm gonna be very sad about a lot of the Wednesday war because some of the things that I was most excited for in wrestling in literally decades, my entire wrestling fandom, which was you know New Japan and AEW crossing over, the the first time they come over, the the Moxley and Kenny and Kenny winning the AEW title, things that I've, I was really excited for, just didn't happen in front of a crowd and, I, and didn't get that big reaction. Like we're never gonna be, be able to recapture that first time that Kenta showed up.
1: Yeah, same with like the first time the good brother the good brother showed up, and it's like oh, and like even to like
2: I don't think it's to the same extent for stuff that I had been you know hyped up for, but stuff like Brody Lee's entire run, mm-hmm. Matt Hardy's
1: debut, especially because Brody Lee's debut was meant to be in front of like a sold out ten thousand seat building in Rochester in his hometown, and yeah. that would have been so good.
2: And the, and like it's again i'd say a little bit lesser because i think you know he's he's going to be able to get that moment but eddie's entire run has been in front of no one
1: but like on the flip side of that would eddie kingston have gotten that opportunity were it not for the pandemic there's question marks about that
2: well would have ricky starks would have eddie would have who else got signed from this
1: even like the, the all all the forbidden door stuff it's like would that go down yeah. the way it went down without these companies needing to find i think more interesting ways to to, to uh, you know engage the audience during a a an empty arena era i think it sped up the process definitely
2: mm. first show back you know when we have a full crowd that can make noise you know just wrestlemania c-
1: this saturday <laughs>
2: No, I meant for, you know, AEW. I know. We get, it we, we cuts to the screen and we see that coin drop and, you know, maybe that'll be the moment and that'll be my big New Japan crossover
1: in front of the things that I was,
2: I had been pining for since literally the first episode yeah. but
1: As I'm saying, I, I, I'll have nostalgia for those, those early episodes of AEW in particular. I think that, that that's what I'll remember from this Wednesday Night Wars. I won't be like, and NXT on like a holistic point of view, I think I'm I'm pretty disappointed in NXT,
2: I, I'm I'm disappointed that NXT never managed to capture my attention in the same way that a Dynamite did. I'm disappointed that NXT never managed to feel major league.
1: Uh, like I'm most disappointed that NXT had kind of lost the spirit of what it was. Even like taking AEW out of it, it's like NXT just kind of mm. became this identityless, watered down. Main roster, third brand, but not in really the way people kind of thought it would with these 20 minute promos and all this stuff. It's just like the booking lost all focus for so much of this run. And people were just like meandering between. We we mentioned the two week push thing on this podcast to death, but it we only did it because NXT kept on doing the two week pushes to death. And it just made the show very unsatisfied. There's a reason I, I stopped watching when I didn't have to review it for this podcast. I just I didn't enjoy the show, but even the show was good. It wasn't compelling. That's the problem. Even watching the takeovers, uh, well, I didn't watch All of Night 2, but All of Night 1, like, Walter and Champa, great, but the rest of the stuff, I'm like, I'm happy for the rascals, but I'm not, like, super engaged in what's happening here. And yeah. I I think they just lost the sense of who they are and lost and I think part of that is stagnation and a lot of the people on the show were stale, like Champa was stale, Gargano was stale, Undisputed Era were stale, and all of those people were still on top of the show during an era when the show needed that star power, but also during an era when those guys kinda had nothing left to do. So the show just felt this like this weird, aimless meandering thing where Champa Champa's entire run, if you go back and watch this Wednesday night war, it's like it's bizarre.
2: I think another thing, too, is in that first two months of NXT, Mm -hmm. after that, like, about the eight-week period, it had already felt like NXT had started to stagnate, Mm -hmm. just being in full stale. So, then once things changed and it got even more stagnant, it was like, it just felt glacial. Yeah. (laughs) Versus a company that you know, for all of its problems. And if it does have problems, it's not this perfect pinnacle of pro wrestling.
1: Particularly during the summer ah, last year, ah, which pinnacle. I think was uh, yeah, a good one. Yeah. But the, the, I think the summer last year was the low point. I think for both of these <laughs> shows, honestly.
2: But like, you know, NXT managed to light a fire under it and heat up and turn into a, a show that you wanted to tune into just to see what would happen. And I think that's where wrestling succeeds at most. Grasping people's attention and getting them to come back. And... So that's right. I'm hoping that um, NXT will be able to capture a little bit once they can have crowds again, and what I hope AEW capitalizes on when they have these uh, big arena shows again and becomes the the forefront in my mind again.
1: That's right, because I think NXT have lost the pressure of having to compete, and you know, I throw think, I think NXT the will
2: benefit really heavily from going to these.
1: I think people are talking about. Audio. I think NXT will gain more audience moving away from AEW than AEW will with NXT moving away. I think they'll
2: probably. Yeah, I think they'll. I think in the long run, AEW still hits much larger numbers, especially once things start to go back to normal. Um, it's funny because you can't even really say it's normal because the normal bit has been the abnormal.
1: And e- um, it's even like the the staggered sense of normal as well. It's like because like America will be normal, but we bombed, so it's like. <laughs> It's weird to even think about
2: i guess what i'm trying to say is that uh i hope that this becomes mutually beneficial i think nxt benefits but probably never reaches the same levels of AEW. and i hope that wrestling gets better again and we have big hot crowds and hot angles and people jumping and collaborations between companies and just all the cool things that we tune in to see in pro wrestling
1: and that's that. That's the Wednesday War, War, Night Wars. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Pod. I don't know why you would, because, um, you know.
2: I don't know. We might jump in and post random shit at points. Uh, we have a poll, which is actually surprisingly ah. close this
1: week. Uh, of 128 votes, uh, AEW had 54.7%, NXT 45.3%. Uh, I'd be so it was disappointed quite if NXT
2: came in and won at the end.
1: What, what were the two things we used to do? Show of the Week? Which one? Oh, Show of the Week and Match of the Week. I think NXT is probably show of the week. Yeah, I'd, I'd go on NXT. And match of the week for me is Ciampa and Walter by an absolute landslide.
2: Match of the week for me is Ciampa and Walter. But you know what? Just for all time, I'm going to say AEW was show of the week, which means we go to the poll, which means AEW wins.
1: And AEW has won in the end. So WWE can't use us in their documentary in 15 years being like, and when Wednesday War Games gave the final <laughs> episode to NXT, thereby really determining the winner of the Wednesday equals <laughs> Wars. <laughs> thank you very much to rich and joe for giving us a platform to spout nonsense for 58 episodes if you would like continued coverage of nxt long after this podcast is gone you can listen to Showtime. if you'd like continued coverage of AEW, you can listen to everything elite i'm Garrett. follow me on twitter at gareth or etp anyway i think liam is a fan of people following him on twitter now so at larrikin for liam on twitter oh no you're at t what
2: I'm at the Gleet Mooda.
1: Oh, the Gle- Gleet Mooda is your girl. Yeah, go watch Glee. That's that's the real, yeah. <laughs> real takeaway. Uh, t- t- tune in
2: for uh, my future Glee podcast, good times, Glee memories. Um coming never.
1: Thanks for listening. And bye-bye. bye bye.
2: Hey, a
0: wonderful